Hey everyone, this is Stephen Overbond. You're listening to my podcast. Thank you for listening to the word that's being taught here. I know that you guys are hungry for the word, and I know that's why you listen. And I just get thrilled with the word of God. Every time we open it, every time I open it, I uh, I just get so refreshed and so built up in the word. And you know, your mind and your flesh will try to keep you from going to the word of God, and the, certainly the enemy will try to keep you from going to the word of God because that's where your answer lies. But if you just make a decision in faith, make a decision in your spirit, I'm going to continue in the word, I'm going to go to the word every single day, then you'll find yourself growing and developing in faith. You'll find yourself being built up and you'll be strengthened in spirit and you'll grow in the knowledge of God and revelation of God and your life will be changed forevermore. And so thank God for the word. Amen. Thank God for the word. I want to look at a scripture in James chapter 5 and verse 13. And I believe this will be a blessing to you. And I believe that answers will come as uh, you receive the word of God today. In uh, James chapter 5 verse 13 it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any among, or is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, verse 15, shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. Now in the context of what he's talking about here, uh, he's talking about the prayer of faith. James is talking about the prayer of faith. And in there's three situations here that he's addressing in life. He's addressing those that are afflicted. He's addressing those that are merry. And he's addressing those that are sick. And the Word gives answers for every single one of these situations, doesn't it? And I want to dive into this a little bit more, dig into this, because there's some wonderful truths and revelation we can glean out of it. But first of all, in verse 13, it says, Is any among you afflicted? Well, I think every single one of us will find ourselves in an affliction or a, a difficulty from time to time. That word affliction there literally means trial or hardship. Affliction, trial, or hardship. Well, every single one of us is going to find ourselves in a trial or a hardship from time to time. If you haven't found yourself in a trial or hardship, then you haven't lived yet. Or you're not being honest. Because every single one of us has found ourselves from time to time in a trial or hardship, or will find ourselves in that. And it's a misunderstanding in the faith camp to think, well... If I was operating in faith, or if I was living and walking by faith, then I wouldn't find myself in trials or hardships. But that's not true. If that's true, if that's the case, then that means Jesus wasn't living and walking by faith, and he wasn't in the perfect will of God for his life. Because Jesus found himself in trials and in difficulty from time to time in his life and ministry. 
the reason why we find ourselves in, in uh, affliction or a trial or a hardship, like the scripture says, is because of where we are at. We are in the earth, and like Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Well, if you're in the world, which I believe you are if you're listening to this, then you're going to find yourself from time to time in tribulation or a trial or a hardship or a test. We could say test too. But Jesus goes on to say in verse 33, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But I want you to notice that the reason why we find ourselves in hardship and trial is because of where we're at. And you can't avoid that. You'll find yourself in a trial or a hardship because of the enemy's opposition to you. The enemy comes to oppose the righteous. He comes to hinder the righteous, to try to move them out of their place. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, says, Of whom the God of this world, little g, God of this world, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Well, there is a little g, God of this world, Satan, who is the author of sickness and disease and poverty and lack and trials and tests and storms. He's the author of it all. Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But notice Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so understand that trials, tests, and storms, they come because of the enemy. And they come because we're here on the earth. I like what one man said to Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, my spiritual father in the faith. He said to him one time, Brother Hagen, I want you to pray for me that I'll just never have any more trouble with the devil. I just want you to pray that, that the, the devil just will leave me alone. And... Brother Kenneth e. Hagen said, Well, you want, do you want me to pray for you that you just die right now and go to heaven? And he said, No, no, I don't want to die. Well, he said, Well, as long as you're here on the earth, you're going to have to face the enemy. You're going to have to deal with the enemy. You can't avoid that. I think that it's a deception that people have from the enemy that somehow they can pray themselves out of trouble. Or that they can pray themselves, pray that they never have trouble with the devil. Let me say it that way. Pray that they never face any trouble. Or that they can get to a place in faith where they never face trouble. No, that's not true. According to the word of God. But the truth is, is that we can build our faith to the point where we rise above every single storm, test, and trial. And actually, for every single believer... For every single Christian, they've already overcome the world because they're in Christ. I want to prove that to you by the word. Look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Or actually, I'm sorry, chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Look at the fourth verse. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God, notice, overcometh the world. Well, if you're born again, if you're born of God, like the scripture teaches, then you are an overcomer in life. And you, this is not a place that you can attain to over time. 
this is not a place that you can develop to and finally get to the place where you're an overcomer. No, you are an overcomer now if you're in Christ. You've overcome the world now if you're born of God. And this is the victory, he goes on to say, that overcometh the world. Notice our faith. Our faith. And so developing in faith, developing in the word, becoming sharp and skillful with the word of God will cause us to be built up and strengthened and become more seasoned and proven in the fight. We'll develop patience in the fight to come over and to come through every single difficulty. But I want you to know that according to the word of God, that you have already overcome the world because you're born of God. That's what the scripture teaches. You don't have to attain to it. You're not trying to get to a place of victory in your life. We're not fighting for victory. No, we have already overcome because Christ has already given us the victory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want you to go back to James chapter 5. Notice he said, is any among you afflicted? Hallelujah. We'll find ourselves in an affliction from time to time. Affliction from the enemy. Persecution from the world and people, from people. Trials, hardships, tests. It's not a lack of faith to address these things or to acknowledge these things. But what are we going to do in the midst of an affliction? Well, James gives us the answer. In, in the context of what we're reaching here, what we're reading here, he said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Let him pray. You know, we're supposed to take our burdens to the Lord. And he's talking about the prayer that faith prays. The prayer of faith. Talking about going to the Lord in faith. If you find yourself in an affliction, going through difficulty, then we're called to go to God in prayer. Now, very important. A lot of people go to God in prayer a lot of times. But they go to God to ask him to remove the affliction, to take the affliction away. And they try to get themselves to avoid the affliction or to ask God to take it from them. And that's not right according to the scripture. Although God, God has already delivered us and he expects us to stand and to not be moved. He expects us to come through and to come over in victory. It's very important to understand God does not put any evil thing on us. James uh, chapter 1 says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights. Notice, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. First uh, John chapter 1 verse uh, 6, I believe it is, says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So God will not put those things on you, nor does he uh, wish that you should fall or fail or go through those things. No, and that's in First John chapter 1, verse 5, by the way. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Um, God is not the author of those things, nor is God trying to teach you something through those things. I remember a, a, a teacher of mine years ago when I was in second grade and she was teaching um, on our biblical class, class because we were in a Christian school at the time 
And for whatever reason, she got off topic and started to talk about how God sometimes uses bad things to teach us something. He'll use things like sickness and disease to try to um, mature us and grow us and teach us things. Now, at two, at, in second grade, I was only about uh, eight years old, I believe. And I was already had known in my heart and I knew that the call of God was on my life and I just couldn't hold my mouth shut. I'd been taught differently from a young age. And so I, uh, I, I raised my hand and said to the teacher in front of the whole class, that's not what the Bible says. God's not the author of sickness and disease. No, it's the thief that comes to steal our health, to kill and destroy. You know, she didn't have an answer for that. And I, I chuckle at that kind of because it was so long ago. And even back then, I was uh, being used of God, I believe. But, you know, there's so many people in the church today, so many Christians that actually believe that God uses those things to teach them something. But, you know, I've always, I've, I asked this question, what in the world is God trying to teach you? What in the world are you going to learn through that? I haven't met one person yet who holds to that belief that has learned anything yet from the sickness and disease that's on their life or through the poverty and lack that's on their life. I haven't met anyone that has learned the lesson from God yet. No. No, God doesn't teach through those things. He redeemed us from those things. Why would God come send his son to the earth to heal the sick, to fulfill prophecy about how he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses? Why would he take stripes on his back for our healing just so he could turn around and put it right back on us again? He would be unjust. Furthermore, why would God do that to his children when people on the earth don't even do that to their own children? I was talking to a lady one time on the airplane flying from uh, Florida back to uh, I was flying to Dallas, Texas, and I got in a conversation with a, a nice lady. She was a Christian uh, lady. I believe she was Baptist. I actually, I was getting ready to take a nap on the flight because I had been real tired. I had been up late, and I was ready to just sleep for the whole flight. But this lady, this uh, nice black lady, she just started to take a liking to me, I guess. She started to talk to me, and she said to me, Oh, you're about to take a nap, huh? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, oh, yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Well, she thought about it, but then she started talking to me, and we talked for the, last, for the next two and a half hours, or however long it was. <laughs> and I was a little put off at first. A little, I was a little ticked, I'll be honest with you, because I was tired. My flesh was tired. But over, in just a few minutes, I realized the Lord was trying to do something in this lady. And she was he was trying to minister to her. So I got out of my flesh and and got over into my spirit and began to put up my spiritual antennas to see what God wanted me to say and how he wanted me to minister to her. And so I I began to listen to her and she talked about the very thing we're talking about right here, how her parents were dealing with sickness and disease and how they were faith people all their life and how they they just came to the conclusion that God must be teaching us something through all this. They must be learning a hard lesson for something. There must be some divine, sovereign plan in all this. Well, I was able to minister to her. I, I said to her, because she had kids. She told me, I said, do you have any kids? She said, yeah. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you ever put sickness or disease or hardship on your children just to teach them something? 
She thought about it for a moment, and then she said, no, I would not. Well, I said, okay, well, then you're a better parent than God. If you hold to the belief that you're saying to me right now. Because you're not willing to put sickness and disease or any kind of hard thing on your children. And yet God would do that to teach us something. It just doesn't make sense. And, you know, the light came on. I began to show her scriptures. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He bore them. He bore our sickness. He bore our pain. He took it on himself so that you could live in health and healing all your days. And so we should live and walk in the victory. Live and walk in the light of what he's done for us. She saw the light. She began to say, you know, that's true. Why did he take all those stripes on his back? For no reason? No. He took them for a reason. I was able to minister to her, pray with her, believe God with her, strengthen her in her faith. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I just said that to illustrate this story that, you know, God is, God is endeavoring and is all about getting us out and bringing us through and bringing us in to, to the best and to the highest that he has for us. We will face difficulty from time to time, from time to time, because we're in the world. You can't avoid it. You can't um, override it. But, I, but you can get to the place in faith where when something does try to attack you, it just has no ground to stand on. When it does attack you, it just falls. When it does attack you, it fails. I can use my own personal uh, life as an example. I've gotten to the place in my life where I don't get sick. I just don't get sick. I feed on the word. I use my faith for walking in divine health and healing, and I don't get sick in life. And now don't misunderstand me. I've passed up marvelous opportunities to be sick. But like I said, I passed them up. Something will try to attach itself to me. I remember a while ago that I was I was doing something in the house and I was walking through or I was doing something and all of a sudden I, I just had this pain, this sharp pain hit my head. And it hurt really bad. It, it started to ache for no reason. And... I just immediately responded with the word. I said, no, no, you don't. I'm not taking this headache. I took my hand. I laid my hand on my head. I said, you're not coming on me. You're not coming on me in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. Headache, I resist you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And you know what? Immediately, I'm not talking next few minutes. I'm not talking a couple hours later. I'm talking immediately the headache left. Just instant manifestation of healing. So like I said, I've passed up marvelous opportunities. There's going to be opportunities to be sick. There's going to be attacks. But what do you do? You stand your ground. You hold your ground in faith. You can get to the place in your life where sickness just can't attach itself to you. You can get to the place in your life where, you know, fear just cannot attach itself to you any longer. Where doubts and concerns and worries, they don't attach themselves to you. You may be tempted to go down that path of doubt and fear and worry. But no, resist steadfast in the faith. Resist and do not be moved. Resist and see the victory come through and through. Ha, ha, ha. Glory be to God. Glory. Let's look at this chapter again. James chapter 5 verse 13. He said, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Now, 
when we find ourselves in an affliction, a trial or a hardship for the word's sake and for our faith's sake, we're called to go before God in prayer and to stand our ground. I like what James chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations. Same thing. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. We're called to stand and not be moved. We're called to hold our ground in faith and not be moved. He goes on to say, is any merry or joyful? This is joy in spirit, merry 